Yes, it's me again, and welcome to the Creative Rant. Today we're going to talk about NFTs. We all know what they are, but do we really know what they are? Today I'm going to investigate the topic and look at it from a creative's point of view. So sit back, relax, and you know what to do. Let's go! It's time for the main event of the evening. This is Artwell, and you are listening to the Creative, creative Rant. Rant. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Creative Rant. My name is Artwell and I'm your host for the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about NFTs. So a lot of us have heard and know of NFTs, but do we really know what they are? Now I'm curious about this topic, especially from a creative's point of view, because this is like a goldmine for us. We're seeing lots and lots of stories of a creative who created a random JPEG and sold it off for millions and millions of dollars. But most of us know this, but we don't know exactly what it is. And I'm going to try to shed some light on this today. And hopefully we can all walk out today being NFT masters with strong opinions of whether we love it or whether we hate it. But either way, we'll have informed opinions. So let's fire away. So let's start at the beginning. What is an NFT? So NFT stands for non-fungible token. And I think the first thing that dribbles everybody when they hear this non-fungible token is the word fungible. What is fungible? Fungible basically means replaceable. So basically when you look at it in its simplest form, a non-fungible token is a non-replaceable token. If you go buy a packet of chips, those are replicated and there are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of those made. Those are fungible. But if you go to the Louvre and you look at the Mona Lisa, there is only one. It isn't replaceable and therefore it is non-fungible. That's the most basic way of explaining it. And I'm sure there's some cryptocurrency people out there who've got their big English who are probably disagreeing with that exact definition. But that's the most simplest way of looking at it. So basically, it's something that's unique that cannot be replicated. And the beauty of technology... And the beauty of blockchain is that it is actually possible now to make something to be non-fungible, which is kind of weird in saying it because the internet is like a cesspool of copying. But anyway, the second part of it has to do with a token. And this is very much linked to something called blockchain, which is another thing that we've all heard about, but don't really understand what it is and how it works. Now, if we look at how the banking system works. I'm going to give you an example of the banking system and then I'm going to link it to blockchain. How the banking system works is it's basically a system where they keep track of records of your money and your funds. So if I are to buy from person X something that is worth, you know, five dollars, five rands, five pounds, my bank will check my account and see if I have that amount in my account and if I do have enough, it will allow me to proceed with that transaction electronically, right? I'm talking about electronic transactions. And the person who's receiving the funds will obviously get an addition of that five rands, five dollars, five pounds added onto their account. If I don't have that amount, the bank will alert and say, well, you do not have enough money to do this transaction. Therefore, you can't proceed. And that's basically what banks are doing every single day and they get a cut off all those digital transactions. Now, blockchain is a similar kind of thing, but 
the record that the transactions are happening is publicly accessible. So we can all see it. And it's maintained on a ton of computers, which, you know, all over the world. And I can see that you have X amount of money and therefore you can afford to make a transaction. And when I say money, I'm referring to cryptocurrency in this context. So it's a public record. It's a public ledger. We can see the transactions. Everybody is held accountable by this big ledger of sorts. So again, the example, if I want to buy something for $5, five pounds, five rands, whatever, and the equivalent of that in Bitcoin, what I would do is I would, uh, same way as in the bank, I would offer to make that purchase for the X amount of money. If you don't have enough, you know, it will alert you and say, well, you don't have enough Bitcoin to make this uh, purchase. Therefore, you can't proceed with that purchase. But the difference being is that it's not like this private entity that's got like this closed wall where you can't see the transaction. Now, where does NFTs fit into all of this? Because it's a public ledger, you can now sort of connect ownership of stuff through blockchain. So a good example is when you look at how a purchase is done through a bank, you can never see as an outsider what the transaction was and what was purchased. But through blockchain, all of us can see what the transaction was and what was purchased. And the important part is the what was purchased piece. This is now a new way of proving that you own that item. And this is great because it's no longer just a public record of transactions, it's a public record of ownership. Quick side note, don't forget to follow us on social media platforms. Simply search The Creative Rant. And so because of this, we are seeing a lot of incredibly expensive purchases. And I'll give you an example. A screen grab of Jack Dorsey's first tweet costed a whopping $2.9 million. There's a JPEG, which is of a cat flying on a rainbow. It's called a Nyan cat that costed $630,000. And then there's a whopping amount of $70 million that was paid for a single JPEG. This is where we are today. As baffling as all of this is, there definitely are some benefits and there are some negatives. And I'm going to highlight some of them right now. So from a positive point of view, if we think about this in a creative way, we have to look at the way that ownership has been done in the past. And this is definitely a new way that ownership can be sort of readjusted or evolved. Think about the process of purchasing anything of value, say a car. The amount of paperwork that you have to go through just to be able to prove that you own that car and just be able to transfer that ownership. Blockchain makes that much more simpler. Also remember that this is a public ledger that everybody has got access to and can see that ownership. So we're all held accountable. So this is great for the future. I'm not saying that this is the future, but it's a great way of seeing how we can evolve the proof of ownership. The other positive is for creatives. It's an opportunity to create a new revenue stream. A good example is Beeper. He is synonymous with NFTs and is making a huge amount of money from NFTs. Having said that, not everybody's going to make money, which is a perfect segue to the negatives of NFTs. Now, most NFTs are stored on a blockchain called Ethereum. Now, Ethereum uses up enough energy to power up a small country. Now, let's look at that from an efficiency point of view. That is enough energy to cause enough pollution to cause a lot of damage within the environment. 
And this is not for building roads or building schools. This is purely for managing transactions. And as we get more and more understanding of blockchain and NFTs and Bitcoin and all those kinds of things, the more and more energy we're going to use to be able to do these calculations. Another big, big problem for me is the definition of ownership of NFTs. A lot of the time people think that they actually own the rights of the product and they don't. This is a different kind of ownership. It's a different way of ownership. You can't take that thing that you have purchased and go print a whole lot of posters and sell them out. You don't have those kinds of rights. You can't print t-shirts. You basically just own a version of ownership, which is like a digital ownership. But the owner who sold it to you still owns it. Very, very strange, very confusing, and very concerning on my side. And the last bit that worries me the most for us as creatives is the fact that a lot of NFTs are not made by us creatives. And what I mean by that is a lot of businesses have jumped in on the bandwagon and they're making tens of thousands of duplicated images that just have slight changes and selling them off as uh, NFTs. We're also finding people who are doing illegal tactics where they are using other people's assets and selling them as NFTs. So it's a very difficult space to be in, especially if you're a creative. And remember, where there is an abundance of something, eventually people get bored. And that's what worries me about NFTs. And this concern sits on both sides of the NFT world. It sits on the side of being an investor in NFTs. Uh, you might hold a very valuable NFT, which might lose its relevance and its cost very, very quickly overnight. And you might be an artist who invests a lot of time and money creating stuff for NFTs, and then eventually the market sort of falls off. But having said that, I do believe there are some great values with the technology itself. And like I mentioned to you earlier on, it's really about a new way of owning things, especially with the metaverse, where people are going to start spending more and more time in the metaverse. And ownership of things in the digital world is most likely going to be in the same way that NFTs are done. And who knows, they might even spill off into the real world. But anyway, it's your choice. I have my opinions. I'm glad that you've listened to this podcast. And I hope that you listen to many, many more. So I'm on a knockout. From me to you, have a wonderful day, night from wherever you are. And catch you later. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Artwell. And you've been listening to The Creative Rant. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and make sure that you follow us on social media.